VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. Uh, and we're here for the Big Ten East over under win totals, just like last week in the Big Ten West. Uh, we will be looking at DraftKings odds on over under for the Big East team outside of Rutgers, which we did use the bet MGM. They were not listed on DraftKings. Uh, we'll give our thoughts on each team, whether they'll go over or under their win total. We'll give the odds on each. Um, and, and so on and so forth. We'll start uh, with Penn State, but first, TJ, how are you doing? Doing great. Definitely excited to talk about the Big Ten East. Uh, the last Big Ten divisional podcast preview we'll be doing as those go by the wayside. But for now, you know, this division very clearly still the big three with everybody else battling to catch up. Uh, you know, Penn State. Illinois, or I'm sorry, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State all projected above uh, 10 wins or more. So nine and a half for Penn State, 10 and a half for the Buckeyes, 10 and a half for the Wolverines. Very clearly, those three and then everybody else, as it has been really since the inception of this division, um, you know, with only a couple of exceptions here and there. So, uh, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan State, and Rutgers are rejoicing as the divisions come to an end. They've got to deal with it for one more year. I do think it's going to be a really, really fascinating divisional battle uh, between those three big horses with Penn State, uh, I think, feeling themselves a little bit. Uh, I think that they they really do feel like this is a year that they could push for a, a divisional title. Yep. Michigan, of course, winning it back-to-back years and Ohio State desperate uh, to get that back and uh, push for a national title, but maybe a little bit of vulnerability there, particularly uh, at the quarterback position. So I think it's going to be a really interesting season. It, it, it can be. And just a note on those three, all three of those overs could hit. Um, you know, it, it's right. looking at the schedules. Right. You know, if you wanted to parlay them, that's not a terrible bet. but. Um, you know, let's start with Penn State. They're over under is set at nine and a half. Uh, it's minus one thirty five for the over. So the, the, they're favored to go over nine and a half wins. The under is at plus one fifteen. Their schedule and you know the SEC gets a lot of junk uh, for having you know the, the eight game schedule and the FCS team. But you look at Penn State's schedule, their non-conference opponents are West Virginia at home, 
Delaware, who's an FCS team at home, and UMass, who should be an FCS team at home. That should be three wins right there. Your crossovers from the West are at Illinois, Iowa at home, and you have at Northwestern. So a real favorable draw out of the West. I think you go 3-0 and there. Um, you know, Illinois at Illinois will be a tough game, but you should beat Iowa at home. Uh, that, I think, is their whiteout game. Uh, it's a primetime CBS game. At Northwestern should be a win. Uh, the game where they might trip up um, is Ohio State at at Ohio State on October 21st. They do host Michigan on November 11th. But again, the over is at nine and a half. So you can't afford to lose two games. And if they lose to Michigan and Ohio State, they still go 10 and two and they still hit the over. Uh, Penn State is my, I don't want to say dark horse to win the East, but I think they have a real chance to win the East. You know, you get Michigan at home. Um, Ohio State has to go to Michigan and, and then you'll get into all sorts of tiebreakers and things like that. But you're right. This is Penn State's probably their best chance to win the East, uh, you know, in a in a while. Um, they're looking for that Big Ten title. They're looking for their first playoff berth. And I think this year they have the schedule to to do that and hit that over nine and a half. What are your thoughts on Penn State, TJ? Well, the the big headliner is going to be offensive line returning a ton of experience plus a potential first-round draft pick uh, in Olu Fashanu. I may have butchered that name, but uh, left tackle uh, for them, potential first-round draft pick, major boost when he decided to come back. Uh, Drew Alar coming in at quarterback, five-star recruit, showed a little bit last year in relief duty of Clifford. They're really high on what he can do as he gets experience. And then that running game with Nick Singleton, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, uh, both freshmen last year, they definitely looked the part. It could be a dominant running game with a complementary passing game. And if they can get great play out of Drew Amar, you're looking at a terrific offense. The question is going to be at wide receiver. Um, can the wide receiving group develop any kind of depth because it's been a problem for Penn State. They switched position coaches, uh, lost some guys to the NFL. You're going to rely on some transfers uh, from Kent State, Dante Cephas, uh, Florida State, Malik McLean. They lose at tight end. Um, they lost their tight end. So, you know, you're, you're really hoping that you get some development from the wide receivers. Other than that, no question marks with the offense, and they should be really, really good on that side of the ball. And on defense, I, I just don't have any questions about what Penn State's going to do. Manny Diaz seemed like a good fit last season. Uh, they do have to replace some some guys, particularly Joey Porter Jr. in the secondary. Abdul Carter is one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, I think that the defense up front and in the in the linebacking core going to be really really good. The secondary could be really good. Uh, we'll see how those 
new defensive backs develop, but it's an area that Penn State has re recruited pretty well. Uh, you mentioned the schedule. Obviously, the big one is going to be at Ohio State. Instead of getting the Buckeyes at home, that's one of those head-to-head -head matchups that's going to, uh, you know, really go a long way toward deciding who wins the division. For me, I've got the Nittany Lions going over. Uh, I, I do think that this has been a steady, slow build for James Franklin. They've recruited well. They've filled in at some good spots. I like Penn State going over, getting to 10 and 2, maybe 11 and 1. Uh, so that, that's one I'm going to take. The, the juice on that one is minus 135. So it's not amazing value, uh, but I do like the over for them. Yeah, I agree. And then the, you, you kind of get lucky to the, the game that's supposed to be at Michigan State gets moved inside to Ford Field. So you don't have to deal with, right. uh, you know, the conditions with the uh, in the way crowd. There'll be a lot of Penn State fans. Um, they, they travel pretty well. I mean, it, it's you're taking away a home game from Michigan State and putting it in, you know, a neutral field um, that helps Penn State. Let's move on to. Uh, to Ohio State, Ohio State's over. Um, the the number set at ten and a half. The over sits at minus one hundred five. The under sits at minus one fifteen. So they're slightly thinking ten and two um, over there as well. Ohio State's schedule, um, you know, it, it always comes down to Michigan at that last game. They've lost twice to them. Um, you know, obviously they open up with Indiana on the road. Their non-conference schedule is Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, and at Notre Dame. Um, you know, Notre Dame gave them a, a game at home last year. They also, their crossovers are at Purdue. We all remember what happened last time Ohio State went up to Purdue. Uh, at Wisconsin, uh, which is always tough uh, over there. And then uh, Minnesota at home. Not the best draw, uh, not the worst draw, but you know you you think that Ohio State should go three and zero in their non conference games. The the game up in Notre Dame is going to be tough. You know, we'll see, we'll see in week one what Ohio State looks like uh, with their quarterback transition, replacing three linemen, um, replacing Kevin Wilson uh, as well, and and having Brian Hartline as the offensive coordinator. Um, you're also, it's, you'll see there's, there's a lot of transition in this Ohio state team. There's a lot of pressure for coaches. I think Ryan Day's lost six games in his tenure at Ohio state and he's facing he, he's losing the Michigan. Um, that's what it is. They, he's lost to Michigan twice in a row. Uh, the, the natives seem a little bit restless over there. Um, they should beat Purdue. You'd think that they would go into Wisconsin and maybe win. Wisconsin's an unknown at the moment, but you know, you look at that game at Michigan, you're looking at a at a loss. So where is Ohio State's second loss? Is it at Notre Dame? Is it at Wisconsin? Uh, I really don't think they lose home games. Uh, and with Purdue having a new coach uh, and coming off transition too, I think that's a win there. Does, does Maryland give them a game? Maryland really hasn't given Ohio State a game outside of that one year. They took them, I think, the double overtime and, and missed on a, on a two-point conversion uh, to win the game uh, there. But it, it really seems that Ohio State, you know, 
they don't have as much margin for error as Penn State if you're betting the over, but the over seems like a, a pretty safe bet, especially you get better odds on going the over at minus 105. It's I, I would lean the over. What are your thoughts on Ohio State? This is probably not a correct opinion. I understand that going in, but I don't feel comfortable taking Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State to all go over. Well, they certainly could. I've opted to take one of them to go under, and it's going to be the Buckeyes. Uh, I'm picking 10-2 and two for Ohio State. And the main reason for that is that I, I just I don't think that Kyle McCord uh, is going to be quite at the same level as what they've had at quarterback here uh, for the past while now um again could be wrong don't really have any data to support it either way uh but there are enough concerns and i look at um both lines of scrimmage offensive replacing three starters defensive line replacing four guys that saw a ton of time uh replacing some in the secondary uh replacing um, both starting tackles, and I, I could see, look, the wide receivers are incredible. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. may be the best player in the country, regardless of position, uh, but what happens if Harrison gets dinged up? Does he sit? Uh, Kyle, like, Kyle Smith and Jigba last year. Smith and Jigba does. You know, I, I don't know. Um, it, it's it's going out on a limb for sure to take the Buckeyes under at any point. Um, they're more talented on paper than everybody else in the Big Ten, uh, but I, I do see a bit of vulnerability. Plus, I see Michigan. We'll talk about them here in a second. With a home game, that's one. And enough tough games, whether that's Maryland, uh, whether that is at Notre Dame, at Wisconsin, maybe something crazy again happens at Purdue. Uh, Penn State is going to be a difficult one. James Franklin's squad, you know, struggles to beat the Buckeyes, but I see enough there that I'm going to go out on the limb and take Ohio State under, not feeling confident about it. It's not a hill I'm going to die on, uh, but that's, that's my pick uh, for that. So I you know, we might as well knock out the other uh, the other juggernaut in the division and go to Michigan uh, yep. at, at ten and a half. Um, the non-conference schedule is again a joke, uh, and I I don't blame Michigan. They can schedule this way and know they're going to go three and zero, get three checks for three home games, and not be punished with it. I don't see it changing anytime soon for the Wolverines. It's clearly what Jim Harbaugh wants to do in the non-conference. And you'd be foolish to argue it's not working based on the results that they've had the past couple of seasons. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, 3-0, boom. Crossovers at Nebraska, at Minnesota, and Purdue. You'll take that every day of the week if you're yep. Jim Harbaugh. That's, that's not the easiest crossover draw, but it's pretty darn close. If they had Northwestern on there instead of, say, Minnesota, 
you'd be dancing in the street, but that that's still uh, a very nice draw for the Wolverines. Um, you know, I, I think that Michigan has impressed me as much as anyone these past two seasons with how much they have completely changed my opinion about their culture. Um, I, I've, I've gone from thinking that they were kind of a soft team overall uh, that could be pushed around by, you know, equal opposition or even, you know, by, by Indiana. I mean, IU had some success against them, put up a lot of points against Michigan uh, when Don Brown was the defensive coordinator kind of earlier in Jim Harbaugh's tenure, um, really into the middle of his tenure. But they have changed their culture such to the point that I look at Michigan as being as tough and as physical as anybody else in this conference. Now, the concern that you have is a lot of players transferred out before this season, which was surprising. You know, you don't typically see a team having that level of success. Uh, Kate McNamara transfers out. That one was obvious with J.J. McCarthy emerging as the, the guy at quarterback. Eric All transferring out was surprising, I think. Uh, but still, I mean, over the past two seasons, they're 25-3, and three, and they're – blue chip ratio, if you will, their, their recruiting continues to increase. J.J. McCarthy has emerged as a elite quarterback in the, the Big Ten. Um, the, the running game is, is clicking on all cylinders across the board, uh, and they, they do have a lot of guys that they brought in in the transfer portal uh, including a couple offensive linemen, a pass rusher. Um, and I, I think that uh, A.J. Barner is, is a player that IU fans will be very interested to see what happens with him, uh, if he can kind of help make up for the loss of Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker at tight end. Uh, Jake Moody at kicker. We don't bring up special teams often, but hey, in a close game, having to find a new kicker, that could come into play. But I'm taking the Wolverines to go over 10.5. They get Ohio State at home. Uh, really, the game that you're looking at is a possible loss. Is that Penn State? Beyond that, it's hard to find a second loss uh, for the Wolverines. So I go over 10.5. Yeah, I'd take the over as well at 10 and a half. I, I really think you could have a an 11 and one um, three-way tie in the Big Ten East uh, with Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. But like you said, Michigan's non-conference schedule is easy, uh, to put it nicely. Uh, they should start the year. I mean, you, you should go into Michigan State at Michigan State at, at uh, was it, 7-0. and And, you know, it's a rivalry game against Sparty. And they lost the last one at Michigan State. Uh, Mel Tucker has beaten them twice. I know people want to discount 2020, but, hey, that, that game still counts. Uh, they beat them the next year with Kenneth Walker. We'll see what Michigan State does. We'll talk about them here in a little bit. Uh, the the 
game, I mean, they, the two toughest games at Penn State, uh, which is a big, big noon Saturday game on November 11th, and Ohio State at home. Uh, you know, do they get tripped up uh, at both of those? Do they get tripped up at Maryland? Um, you know, the Minnesota is also a trophy game, but Minnesota is coming off of, you know, they're coming into kind of a reload, rebuild year. So there's not very many chances to stub their toe, but they don't also don't have a lot of room for error if they do. Um, you can only lose twice without, uh, you know, if you bet the over, you could only lose twice, but we'll see. Uh, Michigan's definitely vastly improved, especially since everybody uh, everybody thought the ship was sinking in 2020 after after that year and Harbaugh was leaving and going to the NFL. So it, it's been a real um, it's been a real uh, you know roller coaster, but they're at the they're at their peak now. I think they figured it out, uh, and you know you, you get play quorum back and things like that. So it's, I mean, it's Michigan state's division to lose. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do moving on. We will move on to Indiana. Indiana's over under a set at three and a half. The over is minus 145. The under is plus 125. So it is heavily favored. Uh, I think that they go over three and a half wins. This is where I took it. I took the over of three and a half. Um, it, I think it opened at four and he kind of hesitated for, um, I just, I don't like betting without the hook too. Um, but at four pushing five wins, it's just such an unknown for IU. But they, they won four games last year. They're over under. I got them at three and a half um, and things like that. Their schedule is very similar to what it was last year. You're substituting um, Louisville for Cincinnati. Uh, but can, can they get four, can they get four wins? I think there are four wins on the schedule. You get Rutgers at home, uh, which should be a win uh, as well. So, you know, it's going to come down to, and we've talked about this a lot, TJ, Indiana schedule, you have, you could pencil in three losses with, um, hell, you could Sharpie in three losses with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, uh, if you want. And you could Sharpie in the two wins with Indiana State and Akron. Outside of that, and maybe outside of Wisconsin, Every game is kind of a 50-50 game. You know, Louisville, you don't know what they're going to be about. Um, you know Jeff Brom's going to have them ready to play, but they're, they're going through their own transition. Um, at Illinois, Illinois is losing a lot on the defensive side of the ball. At Purdue, another team in a transition. You get Michigan State, who you beat up there last year at the towards the end of the season. If they're coming off a, another crummy year, how bought in are they going to be in for the spittoon game? So there's plenty of chances to get four wins. Yeah, you go to Maryland, that game, you know, since IU Maryland has joined the Big Ten, IU and Maryland have it's been a really fun, wacky series. Uh, you know, outside of 2014, I think every game has been uh, in 2015, every game has been like a one score game or within 10 points of each other. Um, Maryland's losing a lot of talent. 
in their wide receiver core. They're losing a lot of talent on defense as well. You know, that, that game's a toss up. So can they get two more wins uh, past Indiana state and Akron? I say, yeah, that it, it, this is an easy over. Um, now there's not much value there in terms uh, of, um, you know, the odds, but yeah, if you get Indiana three and a half, I'd take it. What are your thoughts on on IU, TJ? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I go over on that. Um, I, I I think that there's enough there. And look, tons of mystery with this IU team. I totally get why the number would be where it is, but I would take over. We will get more in-depth, obviously, with Indiana uh, as time goes on, so we won't belabor the point here, but I think that IU is going to improve enough on the offensive side of the ball. There's definitely an increase in talent uh, on the personnel side. I think the offensive line will be better. How much better is going to go a long way towards determining uh, Indiana's level of success this coming year. And the defense, look, it's a rebuild there, and it had to be. They could not play a whole lot worse than what they did for most of last season. So I think there's enough upside there to take the over and feel pretty confident about that at three and a half. You get to four, four and a half, and maybe you hesitate. Uh, I do think Indiana can push for six wins. Uh, I I don't know if they're going to get there, but I I would feel comfortable betting this at four and a half as well and taking the over. Uh, But much more than that, no. But while you can get it at three and a half, I, I definitely would. And I did. Uh, we'll go on to uh, a program that I think has a uh, is in a much different place than they thought they were going to be about 18 months ago, and that's the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, currently over under at five and a half. The under juice to 155, so minus 155 at under five and a half. Non-conference schedule of Central Michigan and Richmond with the return game with the Washington Huskies. So they'll get Mike Penix in Spartan Stadium again at Iowa, at Minnesota versus Nebraska. A pretty tough draw for Michigan State. Just a ton of change for the Spartans. They lost a ton to the transfer portal. Um, have a new quarterback. That's uh, Peyton Thorne left. Keon Coleman, number one receiver, left. Uh, both of them go to, you know, big time programs, Auburn and Florida State. Noah Kim is going to be the starting quarterback for the Spartans. I'd be lying if I had any read on him whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, look, you're, you're kind of starting over uh, if you're Michigan State. And I don't think we know at all what to expect. But the biggest surprise under Mel Tucker has been the complete failure of the defense. They've been the bottom of the uh, college football rankings. They were 111 uh, last season in total defense. Uh, just stunning um, that, that, that that has occurred. And also surprising that they have kept the coordinator. Uh, Buddy Hazleton is still the defensive coordinator. I mean, I, I think you feel decent about the linebackers, but I mean, what are they doing here with the uh, with kind of the rest of, of this defense. I, I think there's a whole lot of question marks, not just culturally 
for Michigan State, but uh, with personnel on the field as well, I'm taking under uh, for the Spartans. I think it's going to be a major struggle for them, given the tough schedule and all the questions that they have on both sides of the ball. Yeah, you know, you look at the schedule. Um, Central Michigan and Richmond should be wins. Was uh, Washington's going to come in at, at at least a top fifteen team? Um, you get Maryland, whose offense should still be good with uh, Talia Tungavaloa. You have to go to Iowa before your bye week. I, I mean, if you start the season two and three at Washington at, at Michigan State, you you go to Rutgers, and that kind of becomes a must-win game. Uh, must game, a must-win game for you. Uh, if you lose, you go two and four with Michigan and at Minnesota up next, and your season starts to get off the rails real quick. Um, you know, you could kind of salvage it at three and three, but man, that that after the bye week, uh, there are four games sandwiched between uh, at Rutgers and at Indiana. You, you Michigan at home, at Minnesota. Nebraska at home and at Ohio State, where if you're lucky, you go two and two. Um, you could very easily go zero and four, and I don't know how the Michigan State psyche is, but if you start the year, you know, you go two and two, and, and lose four games, and you're you're at six losses going into the the spittoon game. Um, maybe even more uh, going into the Spittoon game. It's, man, it, it's tough to get them to six wins uh, without, you know, seeing what Noah Kim does. They, they just, they didn't give off good vibes last year. And I know it's a new year in college football, and I preach it all the time, that it's, it's a, a new year, a new team, and last year means nothing. But with no off season anymore and um, the momentum carrying through the transfer portal, and losing Peyton Thorne, losing your best receiver in Keon Coleman, losing some key defensive players as well. Plus, you have a coach who is getting paid a ton of money. Uh, it's like $9.5 million a year. How frustrated does this fan base get if you're not successful early on? If you're sitting at, at two and three going into that bye week and into Rutgers, you know, where's your head at? Did players check out? Did they, you know, so. You're right. I, I think I'd have to lean towards the under. I probably wouldn't bet it because the odds are so juiced towards the under. But, I mean, I, it's tough to find six wins on that schedule. If it was at four and a half, eh, yeah, maybe. But, you know, finding six wins is tough. Uh, next up, let's go to Maryland. Uh, TJ, Maryland over-under is at seven. The over is minus 105. The under is minus 115. So they're leaning toward the under a little bit. Maryland's an interesting team. Their non-conference schedule is Towson. All three are home games. Towson, Charlotte, Virginia. Virginia's kind of a tire fire with the tragedy that happened at the end of last year. You had um, Brennan Armstrong transfer out as well. You know, you don't know what you're going to get in Virginia, but you could probably bet that that's not going to be a good Virginia team. Uh, you do have to go, you get Illinois at home out of the West. You get at Northwestern and at Nebraska. Not a terrible draw out of the West. The, the game at Nebraska comes towards the end of the season, uh, second weekend in November. 
don't know where Nebraska is going to be for that game, but you still have the Big Ten East schedule. Uh, can they get seven? That means you, you got to beat IU at home, which is very doable. You got to beat Illinois at home, which is very doable. That gives you five. Um, at Northwestern needs to be a win at six, and then you have to win um, either against Nebraska or Rutgers uh, to get to seven, and if not both, I think, you know, if you're feeling frisky and want to bet an over, I think Maryland is the over I would take. It's not guaranteed, uh, but there, there are games where if it goes their way, they could get to eight wins uh, fairly solidly. Um, Rutgers at the end of the season at Nebraska. I don't know if you get, you get Penn state and Michigan at home. I don't know if you get either of those games, but if you could win the rest of your big 10 games, which is completely doable and, and go six and three in the big 10, you're, you're looking at a, a, a great season for Maryland and they're, they're, they're taking that next step. However, they are losing a ton of talent in the wide receiver room. They are losing a lot of talent on defense as well. How is that talent going to get replaced? Um, and then, as always, there you're going to lose a game that you should win or you shouldn't lose. So the margin for error is there where, you know, if you lose those three games, your non-conference schedule is pretty easy. Uh, and your crossover games are pretty easy. You can afford a loss to, you know, Michigan State or IU or Illinois, but you can't lose all of those games. Uh, what's your take on Maryland, TJ? It's a tough one. This is a really tough one. Uh, I I would stay away, but we are obligated to take a pick here, uh, and I I will lean to the over. Um, I think that eight wins is very possible. I happen to think seven and five is the most likely offensive line replacing so much uh, four-fifths of the starting offensive line plus three top receivers. Um, I, I don't know if the defense is going to take another step forward. I, I, I would lean to not because the secondary – has got to, to replace some talent, the defensive line, uh, not that special. Um, you know, they've, they've made progress up there on stopping the run better, but still you can push them around a little bit. Um, and again, the secondary, just big question mark there. Um, I think that the schedule is certainly manageable, uh, which is why I, I lean toward taking uh, the over. But again, I, I think seven and five is the most likely scenario for the Terps. Um, now we, we will head to another uh, three and five or three, three and a half win team on the over under, which is the Rutgers. Founded on draft. Founded on draft. Found it on DraftKings, TJ. DraftKings has it at yeah. four, and a, four and a half. They have it at four and a oh, half. Okay, well, that makes my choice. That makes my choice easier. Um, I'm going to go under that non-conference of Temple, Virginia Tech, and Wagner. Uh, most likely oh. scenario there is going to be two and one. 
But that Virginia Tech game, certainly a toss-up. They could win that. The Hokies uh, struggling to find their footing somewhat here. Um, the cross draw is going to be Northwestern at home, uh, which is a, a major pivot game for both of those squads. At the season opener. At Iowa, that's a pair of losses. Um, I, I Look, I know that Greg Schiano continues to get lauded for the work that he's done with Rutgers. I haven't seen it. I, I, I know that they're not like they have gotten better. That that's not at all up for debate. They are competent. It is not a gimme game for, you know, the rest of the big 10. It is for the top schools, but not for, you know, not for Indiana, not for the, the middle to the bottom of the league. You've got to show up and play pretty well uh, to, to take care of Rutgers now. And that wasn't the case under Kyle Flood. But I just I haven't seen this big jump up from Rutgers that has been talked about by some people in the national media that talk about how great of a coach Greg Schiano continues to be. Yeah. Uh, haven't seen it on the field. The offense continues to be atrocious. But you take away the, the game that they had against Wagner last year, which, you know, that counted. The stats count in that game. But take that away, they averaged 13 points per game. I mean, they, they don't score. They just don't. They play – they want to be a, a ball possession running team, but the offense – isn't good enough to be physical enough to make that work consistently. You know, it's just not. And I, I don't think that that's a way that they can consistently uh, win games in the Big Ten because the defense isn't amazing. It's it's much better than the offense, but they're not, you know, it's not Iowa's defense. They're trying to be Iowa, and the defense isn't quite that good. Yeah. And not only – do they not hold teams down the way Iowa does, but their defense doesn't create points the way Iowa's defense typically does. Um, now, the running game is okay. The offensive line is okay. The defense is solid. Big question is, do they have a quarterback and do they have any difference makers whatsoever in the passing game? The answer, for me, looking at it from you know, from the outside is no, they don't. They currently don't. So I'm, I'm going to go with the under four and a half. I think that three and nine or four and eight is the most likely scenario for Rutgers. Uh, they do have to go to Indiana. So I take IU over them uh, in Bloomington as kind of a, you know, one of my swing games there that even if they do beat Northwestern, and run the table in the non-conference, I've got them under four and a half. Yeah, I have them on, under four and a half, too. And you're right. You know, Greg Schiano had a ton of success at Rutgers in the, you know, mid-2000s. Um, you know, he, he had them all the way up to, I think, number two in the country. Um, but it hasn't, you know, that, that success hasn't manifested itself uh, since he got there for for round two, he, he, people automatically thought he was going to start keeping all the top talent in 
New Jersey uh, at Rutgers. It, that didn't happen. Um, it just, you know, it, they're playing, like you said, they want to be Iowa, but they're playing in the Big Ten East. Now they're happy to get out of divisional play, but they're playing Big Ten West football in the Big Ten East. You need an offense who can score more than 13 points per game. Uh, and as IU fans, we know that. Have they gotten better under Shiano? Yeah, but they were awful under Chris Ash um, and at the end of the Kyle Flood era. They were awful. Um, they, their effort has gone up. I, I think they, they bought in, but can they take the next step? And we'll get into it when we talk about Rutgers in our season previews. You know, at what point, you know, Greg Shiano is kind of like – Nebraska and Scott Frost. He was the end-all, be-all. That's the guy we have to have. And they weren't successful. Now, at what point does Greg Schiano 2.0 end? Um, you know, do you give him a chance when the divisions go away? And if he's not successful then, or is it, hey, he's our guy. He's our guy until he retires, and then we'll figure it out. But, you know, Rutgers – this isn't the 2006 Rutgers with Ray Rice and Brian and um, Brian Leonard and, and all those guys uh, and Teal at quarterback. You, you have you look at the schedule and you have five, I mean five losses off the bat, and that's not even counting Virginia Tech at Michigan, at Wisconsin, Ohio State, at Iowa, at Penn State, and then your toss-up games which are leaning towards losses. Maryland, Virginia Tech, um, you know, at Indiana, Temple gave them a game last year. Um, to start the season, you get Northwestern. Now, Northwestern season openers, don't know what you're going to get. And I don't know how much it means either. If Rutgers could get that first one, yeah, maybe, maybe four wins is on the table. But, man, anything above it, that's hard. That's hard. And if you could get the, the four, four and a half on DraftKings or the three and a half on, uh, on bet MGM, I'm probably taking under on both. I am just, I'm not a Rutgers believer. Um, so that, that's, that's what I take TJ. What is your, what is, if you had $10 to, to, or, you know, you had to put the house on a, on an over under which one in the big 10 East are you taking? Still there? I'm sorry, I was muted there. Uh, yep. I would take Indiana over three and a half. Uh, if I just had one bet to make, I'd take IU over three and a half. I know that sounds like a homer. Um, I totally accept that. That is the one. Now, non-Indiana wise, uh, the one that I would take would be Michigan. Okay. Um, Michigan over 10 and a half. So uh, I'll give you two that I would take there. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I, I'm also very comfortable going under four and a half for Rutgers. Yeah, I'm comfortable going under four and a half with Rutgers, but I think I would take Penn State over nine and a half. I, I think that, you know, even if you lose uh, Michigan and Ohio State, you're still going 10 and two uh, and, and things like that. Yeah. But I, I think you get one of those games. Um, you, you 
might knock off Michigan at home. Even if you do lose both, you're still going 10 and two. I, if I had to make a bet gun to my head, it's Penn state over nine and a half. I do like Indiana over, over three and a half. And I do like Rutgers under four and a half. So if you're betting the big 10 East, those are, those would be my bets that I'm bet. I'm, you know, you blame me if you lose those ones. Yeah, and I, I want nothing to do with the uh, the Maryland line. A lot of questions, but a lot of top-end talent, particularly Talia Tagovailoa, uh, as well as a manageable schedule. And you're not getting a hook of any sort. So sticking at seven, if that doesn't move at all, uh, I, I want nothing to do with Maryland um, yeah. as the one that I would stay away from. So, yep. um, uh, again, you've got – You've got three teams that all of those three fan bases are going to be disappointed if their team does not win the Big Ten East this year. It really doesn't win the Big Ten, period, right? I mean, if if Ohio State doesn't win the Big Ten for a third straight year, they'll be very disappointed. If Michigan doesn't win the Big Ten, they will be disappointed. Now, I think there's less pressure on the Wolverines just because of what the last two years has been. but still, I think that's out there. If Penn State does not get over the hump and finally win the division, they'll be disappointed. So two of those three fan bases are going to be looking at the end of the year disappointed. Um, and that, that creates a lot of very interesting storylines every week for this, uh, this division. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fight to the end for the winner of the division. And then even in the middle division, you know, fight between Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, uh, and Rutgers. What's their order of finish? Yeah. Because, you know, you're going into 2024, ending divisions. Those teams all want momentum going into the new Big Ten uh, in 2024. Sure. Can the, can, like, especially IU, can you get some momentum going into that 2024 schedule and, and start stacking wins and, and things like that. But anyway, TJ, that does it for today's podcast. Thanks for joining us. Sorry for the technical issues. The computer just shut off. Um, it had 75% battery and it just turned off. So probably not great. Um, but also just a reminder, if you or anyone know uh, you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Um, you know, for help, again, I, uh, gambling can become an addiction. It is dangerous. Um, bet responsibly, bet what you can. We do it because we enjoy it. We don't, I, at least I don't, I don't bet huge sums of money. It's maybe $5 here and there, uh, and things like that, but it's just, you know, it, it just makes it a little bit more fun anyway. Um, we'll be back over the summer with our conference previews with our team previews and um, leading up to the season opener against Ohio State. Then we'll have all our regular season uh, coverage on podcasts as well. TJ, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, have a great rest of the week. Same to you. Yep. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, that does it for today's edition of the Hoosier Huddle podcast. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, on Audible, on Amazon, wherever you find your podcast, please rate, subscribe, comment, 
uh, like all those things. Also keep it to HoosierHuddle.com. They had an influx of recruits uh, yesterday. We have our countdown going on and eventually we'll have our season game previews, position previews, and all those things. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle as well. Have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the summer, uh, and football will be here before you know it. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.